What's up, everybody? Uh, welcome to another episode of Front Office U podcast, uh, Women in Sports Wednesday, one of our newer segments. Super excited to get this one up, up and running. Uh, joined today by Ariel Padilla, Ticket Sales and Service Manager of the Ontario Reign. Uh, and then I'm also joined by my host, RK. RK, how you doing today? Yeah, doing good, Clayton. Super excited to to join Ontario Rain staffers. Uh, we were just talking briefly before the podcast. Actually, had some experience working for the Ontario Junior Rain, so have a little bit of familiarity with the area and and hockey climate uh, in Ontario, California. So super excited to get into the podcast and uh, and chat with Ariel today. Awesome. Now, Ariel, you're the senior ticket sales and service manager now at the Rain. Um, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. It's Wednesday, but besides that, no, I'm doing good. It's beautiful in Southern California right now, so I can't complain. Awesome. Yeah, I can attest to that. It's gorgeous weather. But yeah, Ariel, thanks for joining us today. Uh, like I said, we're super excited to get this new segment up and running and kind of uh, shed more of a spotlight on women in sports and everything they do for the industry. Uh, so yeah, I guess start us off by telling us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. Super excited. Big women in sports advocate. So this is exciting that you guys have started this segment. Um, but yeah, a little bit about me. Like you said, I'm the senior manager of ticket sales and service with the Ontario Reign. Um, I'm heading into my seventh season here with the team. I actually started in inside sales here, just like yourself, Clayton, back in 2017 after um, being a D1 athlete at Cal State Fullerton and working in the athletic department there. So um, kind of took the jump from collegiate athletics into the pro sports community, not really wanting to do sales, of course, probably like most of the people um, in the industry, but took a took a stab at it and ended up loving it. Um, and ever since I've kind of just been climbing the ticket sales ladder and now have helped the last four or five inside sales classes kind of come in and kickstart their careers in the industry, which has been super fun. So um yeah, that's kind of what I've been up to and currently in the midst of doing right now. Awesome. Not too shabby. Yeah, I can attest as one of her ISRs helping kickstart my career. Uh, Ariel's great at training and developing and helping uh, find places for everybody, whether it be with the rain or other teams in the industry. Uh, but yeah, Ariel, so you mentioned that you were a D1 athlete. Um, as I know, you played softball at Cal State Fullerton. I guess, how did uh, being an athlete it, translate to uh, your skills and everything like that when it came to, I guess, starting your own career on the business side of sports? Yeah, for sure. Um, well, there was a brief period kind of after I got done playing where I tried to get a big kid job and I went to corporate America, worked in real estate and quickly realized that it was not for me and I needed to get back into sports in some capacity. So kind of like I said before, I wanted to do marketing, but did the sales thing just to get my foot in the door like everybody does. Um, but I think that the sales side really brought out the athlete in me with the competitiveness and the, you know, with sales, the more you practice kind of the better outcomes you're going to get, or the harder you work, the more calls you make, the likely more likely you are to sell something. So I think that being able to apply some of those things that I learned and just became a part of me with being an athlete, um, with the work ethic and just the competitiveness and even the leadership aspect of being an athlete, I think all that translated into this sales role really well. 
Definitely. Yeah. And I, I think in my opinion too, I, I agree with that where, you know, sales is, it's so measurable. You can quantify sales in like on a daily basis, a yearly basis, like everything can be measured. So, and just like in sports, like your batting average, you know, what you batted for the game, what you're batting for the month, the year. So you can be like, okay, this is what I need to work on. This is how many errors I made that game. So I need to work on, I don't know, fielding or whatever, things like that. And I like that part of uh, sales as well, because you can truly work on the things you need to fix. And then you can see like a quantifiable solution when you kind of everything clicks into place. So that's really cool. Um, but yeah, kind of yeah, going sure. along with kind of going along with that, uh, Ariel, what, <clears throat> I guess, cause now you're senior manager of sales and service, what has helped set you apart from everybody else in the industry? I think that, you know, obviously you're highlighting these women in sports Wednesdays, which is awesome, but it is a very, especially on the ticket sales side, a very male dominated industry. Um, and so for me, I think something that's really helped and something that I've had to kind of keep in mind is that, you know, I do still have good opinions and I'm willing to bring those to the table. Um, on top of that, I think kind of going back to some of those athlete type skills is the leadership aspect. And I think that that has been something that I haven't shied away from, from the beginning. And I think that that's important for a lot of people to know, even in inside sales roles is that like, it doesn't really matter what a title might be. Anyone can lead and kind of being able to be that person to step up, even if it's just within your group, like something that I always tried to do when I was in inside sales was start blitzes on my own or push the other reps, you know, we were all on the same level, but if I was able to kind of separate myself by taking charge and leading by example and pushing others to keep up or to, for me to catch up to someone else and all of those things really helped. And so I've tried to kind of think about that throughout my whole career. And a piece of advice that I got when I was in inside sales was to manage up. So obviously do your job that you're doing, but um, what's the person in the title above you doing and how can you start doing some of those things and taking on some of that stuff and learning more, you know, and I think that people seeing those types of things that goes a long way. Absolutely. Yeah. It's uh, one step up from dress for the job you want, not the job you have. Exactly. It's do mm -hmm. the things for the job you want, not just the job you have. So yeah. that's really cool. And definitely uh, some good advice for anybody out there. Um, don't be afraid to speak your mind. If you have a good idea, the worst anybody can tell you, whether it's the president or another ISR or whoever else is no. So that's mm -hmm. yeah. part of sales too. So for sure. So. And I think even from like a leadership perspective now in the role that I'm in, like hearing reps bring ideas or not being shy and like those things really stand out and, you know, being um, collaborative and willing to speak up in meetings and ask a lot of questions, like just showing that you're invested and you want to help the business get better. I think that doing those things definitely shows that. And that definitely catches people's attention, which is, which is a really good thing. Definitely. A little bit goes a long way for sure. Um, yeah. Great advice for anybody listening. Um, but yeah, Ariel, and again, you kind of touched on it being a woman and woman in sports, like sometimes it can be harder since it's historically and predominantly like a male industry. I'm sure it can't be easy to share your mind always and stuff, maybe a little more intimidating, but, uh, but yeah, I guess what challenges 
the what are the some of the biggest challenges you faced um, as a woman in a predominantly male industry? I think, um, especially early in my career as a sales rep, um, having interactions with clients, you know, especially if it's something hockey related, to be honest, coming in, I didn't really know much about the hockey or like the rules. And so for some people, like that makes a difference on the client side. I'm sure Clayton, you kind of understand that where like, she doesn't really know what she's talking about. She doesn't even know like the rules for something, even though I was like, well-versed was on top of everything on the business side. Like sometimes just that perception of, you know, how we are in the arena is a little bit different than what we might like. So early on in my career, it was just those client interactions of, I would rather, you know, if there is multiple reps standing somewhere, they were not going to be walking up to me. They're going to be walking up to the, you know, male standing next to me. So just being able to, um, I think just not take it personally and be confident enough to maybe now I just have to work a little bit harder and go get these opportunities or walk up to people before they choose to go somewhere else um, was a big challenge that I kind of had to face. Luckily enough, kind of in our office, I haven't had too many things like, you know, as you know, Clayton, like our office has been incredible in that sense. Like there are many women leaders, not only with us at the rain, but in AEG. So in that sense, it hasn't been as difficult, but um, from the client facing perspective, that was definitely something that I had to kind of overcome in the beginning, especially the athlete in me was so competitive and like, what do you mean? What's wrong? I know what I'm doing. Like, why don't they want to, you know, <laughs> I was like, what really at first it was like, really took it personally but then after just kind of had to realize like okay no that just means I got to work a little bit harder I might not get all the easy walk-up sales that maybe somebody else does so that's fair yeah um yeah I can definitely understand how that would be fr very frustrating at first and stuff like I'm doing all the right things maybe even better than somebody else that's just getting all these walk-ups kind of things so mm -hmm. but that's great that again, the athlete in you was like, nope, not everything's easy. <laughs> so just got to work a little bit harder. Yeah. Clearly you, uh, yeah, for sure. clearly you crushed those obstacles. So that's huge props, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah uh, no. I will, uh, pass the torch on to RK. I know he has a few questions that he wants to ask you as well. So RK, take it away. Yeah. appreciate that Clayton. And yeah, I just want to touch on that. I thought that was awesome perspective from you on that aerial, you know, I think all of us kind of can share that we're so passionate about our jobs that we're obviously thinking about it at the end of the day too, when you go home and those could be some of those things that you reflect on. It's like, well, why, why did it, why was this person so uninterested in, in talking to me versus this person? Like those kind of things are, are real thoughts that you can have real emotions. So um, I'm glad that you were able to kind of touch on that um, for our audience. But um, yeah. I guess my question for you now is Ariel, like who are some of those influential people? people in your career? Who are some of those mentors that really kind of helped you out? Um, you know, it could have been a coach in, in your playing days or, or someone even after um, you kind of moved on and, and started approaching your career working in sports. But um, who are some of those really influential people for you in your career? And, and it could even be a couple of different people that you mentioned. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think some of the first names that pop up are one of my college coaches, um, Coach Ford. She, it was really cool to kind of see how she was able to be more than just a coach. And she really had this idea of like, you know, yeah, we are a female sport, so we're going to have to hustle and try to do all these different things to try to raise more money. Like we're not, we don't have the type of donors that maybe the baseball team has. So how can we be creative in finding out ways to get people to contribute to our team? So from like that aspect of it, of just the, I'm not just going to wait around and see what happens and see what we get. Like, 
where I have to go out and work and see, you know, what I can do to provide for my team. I thought that that was really cool. And that was even kind of a first initial, I guess, introduction into the businessy side of sports this whole time playing. I think that it's just, you know, a piece of cake. People just show up like they just come to the game because they want to, but not even really realizing that, okay, you know, I guess we have to go out and get people in some fashion. So she definitely was um, a mentor in that aspect. And then I think um, as far as my sports career goes, getting here, a big um, mentor was James Collins, who Clayton knows. Um, He was one of um, my first managers here um at the rain and he was good for me in like a leadership aspect of how to be a leader he gave me a lot of opportunities really early on to help coach other representatives and um, sit down and have one-on-ones and really kind of coach me through that transition which was really valuable um and you know that's something that he was super passionate about and so he's definitely someone that I reach out to if there's any questions in that aspect and then um, I think lastly is probably Nate Downer, our VP here, um, for almost a lot of the same reasons, but on more of like, a not a friend level, but like a personal level, like he, um, has been a mentor in the fact that he's kind of taught me like how to really dig in and get to know and build these strong relationships with our representatives and that it's not just like a business relationship. Like, yeah, you can get to know them and see how their family's doing and, you know, know all these things. And um, it's been really cool to kind of just get the opportunity to grow with him in that sense and be working together for this long. So um, at top of mind, those are probably three that um, really come into play. Outside of that, I will mention one more name is Michelle Kajawara from AEG. I actually don't personally know her, but I love following her and kind of just seeing the growth. And I have probably a good list of those, which I need to start figuring out a way to get in touch with these people. But um, just really good people that I'm like, man, how do I get to be that? Well, that's actually a perfect transition into my <laughs> next question for you, Ariel, because I wanted to kind of hit on some people that have kind of come before you. And I think we all can relate that, you know, so much about working in sports is being able to kind of pass it down to the people, you know, that follow you as well. So now kind of in your position, you have the privilege of kind of being a role model for other women that may aspire to work in the sports industry. And, uh, you know, it may not always, you know, think about that when you're in your day in day out grind, but those people that are early on in their, you know, college experience, maybe looking to other people that are currently in the industry and learning more about how they can progress their careers. So what advice would you give to others that are just kind of starting off their careers and and looking to kind of shape, uh, you know, what impact they can make in the sports industry? I'm sorry, Ryan, my internet was so bad right here. So it froze. If you would mind, just Yes, I'll go into it again. Um, So for you now, you have an opportunity to be a role model working in sports for other women that are aspiring to, you know, make their mark in the sports industry. So what advice would you give to others that are just kind of starting off their careers, you know, looking to kind of figure out what impact they can make uh, in the sports industry? Yes, for sure. I think that, like I said before, it can be intimidating. So just having that tenacity to just go after what you want. And a lot of the times, even like myself, I didn't know what I wanted, but I knew I wanted to be in the industry. And I think a big part of it is, you know, you don't necessarily have to be the biggest sports junkie and no stats and names of all these people. There's kind of, I think this odd perception of like, I need to know this. Like to this day, when our team has talks about football players and things like that, I have no idea what they're talking about. I enjoy watching, but I don't follow anything like that. So I think that that's like a 
common misconception is that you have to be like a total junkie. Um, so I think that obviously knowing you don't need to be that, but just figuring out like your value and what makes you stand out. So like for me, the first thing I think is just like that. I feel like I'm a strong leader. And so how can I apply that? And um, that's kind of what makes me stand out. And I think from the flip side, from a hiring perspective, because that is something that I, I really have a lot of influence in is just like, those are the things that I'm looking out for is like, what kind of difference are you going to make when you get here? You know, there's so many people obviously dying to get into the industry, but um, how are you going to stand out? And it, there isn't one right answer or one right thing that's going to make it better. But if I feel like if you're confident in knowing what that thing is for you, then that goes a long way versus kind of just being like, I'm not too sure yet. I don't know what I bring to the table. Like you need to have something, whether it's right or wrong, but just being confident in who you are and what you can do, I think is really big and goes a long way. Yeah, I, I appreciate you kind of touching on that. I think that's uh, that's very well said um, on that front for for other people that are, you know, just trying to kind of get advice. Like you don't need to be able to talk about the comeback player of the year discussion in the NFL to make tickets. No idea. For the yeah. Ring. So uh, <laughs> I, I think that is definitely a, a good thing to be able to, you know, kind of relate to, you know, having a little bit of separation between, you know, what you do in your professional side and uh, maybe your personal interest for what's going on on the field or on the ice or whatnot. So I'm glad you were able to touch mm -hmm. on that, Ariel. I think that's a good point. And then kind of last question that I have have for you um, kind of specifically in your role with the rain and, and we touched on you know kind of the climate of what it's like in Ontario and you know Southern California kind of has this reputation for fans and uh, showing up late and all those kinds of different things so a very diverse <laughs> fan base that the rain have how would you kind of uh, say that impacts your strategy when it comes to ticket sales and service knowing that you have such a diverse uh, fan segments that have different needs different preferences um, you know understanding your audience and your fan base a little bit more how does that impact things for for you um, in your role within ticket sales and service? Yeah, for sure. It is, um, it's crazy because it's changing constantly. So not only, you know, are we in Southern California and the diversity of the population that we have here, but we are also competing with 20 other professional sports teams in all across all different leagues. And so us understanding who enjoys coming out to our games makes the biggest difference in the world. It helps us from, you know, so that way we're not targeting people that are not interested and would rather be at Rams games. Like us really understanding our base is really big. So, um, you know, for us having the family fun aspect around here in the area is huge. And knowing that that's kind of our bread and butter is super helpful. Um, luckily enough, there is, so much new construction and so many families that are moving into our area. So that's really big. And so with that, we try to shift our strategy into getting out into the community more because a lot of people don't know about us to be completely honest, which is kind of crazy to think. Um, but because there are so many other teams, they might not even know that we're here or a common thing is they think we're in Ontario, Canada. So again, just not even knowing. So a lot of it is lately just trying to get out into the community, um, whether it's local neighborhood events and just literally informing people that we're up the street has been a big help. Um, but it's been difficult just trying to keep up in this market and with the times and even post COVID has been really changed the game for a lot of things. So, um, but from a strategy perspective, we try to do as many surveys and find out what the demographics are of the, all the different types of plans that we have. And from there kind of using that to, to target different fan segments that we have. So 
it does it is it working incredibly well i don't know i guess we'll see we're always trying to try new things to see what's going to be better and better and better each time so yeah, I think that's a good point, too. It's a dynamic situation. It's always changing. So even if you think you've got all the answers, it'll probably change in, in a week or two. Um, and and yeah. then by that point, you're already behind. So you got to kind of find ways to continue to stay ahead of it. So um, really good insight from you, especially, um, you know, given your role and, and being with the rain for a number of years at this point. So um, with this, I will actually pass it back over to Clayton uh, to talk on some kind of specifics as it relates uh, to the rain for for what's kind of coming up for them as well. Yeah, thanks, Ryan. Uh, and then, yeah, Ariel, so I did have another question regarding um, kind of, I guess, how you set yourself apart and, and kind of what you look for um, when hiring new ISRs or account executives um, alike, like how are they going to, I guess, bring value or, or be different and kind of things like that. So if you could tell us some specifics, like what you kind of look for. Um, I guess, common characteristics or certain answers to questions, things like that. And when you're trying to find a new rep. Yeah, for sure. I think right off the bat, something that's really big is um, trying to find people that are hungry to grow their careers, because if they're dedicated to really building this strong career, especially in the sports industry, that shows that they're going to be willing to do whatever it takes. And they're going to be willing to put in the time. Like, as you guys know, like working in sports is fun and but it's not always easy. Like the time schedules are crazy. Like the amount of work we have to put in at certain times of the year is nuts. So someone that's really willing to grow and all of that is, is really big. Um, we've had some that maybe it's basically, we just don't want to have people that are just looking for a job. If that were to make sense, we want these people that are really hungry and that goes a long way. So that's definitely one of the biggest things that we, and I personally try to look out for, I think on top of that, especially from like a sales perspective, is just, you know, you have to be personable to some degree. You know, we're, we're working with people constantly, um, especially in person in the arena. We're trying to find people that are going to be approachable and, um, you know, willing to be a problem solver is really big. Clayton, as you know, like there's different issues that come up constantly all the time. So are you able to think on your feet? And are you able to try to solve problems and um, do it in a professional manner um, are kind of big things for us outside of that? Like, especially when it comes to our inside sales, we're not expecting people to have all of this sales experience. Like that's what we're here for. We're here to help teach you and guide you and help you find out your style. And um, even from there, hope you figure out what you want to do with your career. Um, so outside of that, I wouldn't say that there's like a ton of really, you need to have these five characteristics. We're really just looking for people that are hungry, want to do it, put in the work and are approachable and outgoing to some degree. Absolutely. Yeah. That's really good advice. And I think anybody can kind of be able to take a look inward and be like, okay, so this is what I need to work on. Again, going back to the quantifiable things, <clears throat> which is really cool. But yeah, some advice that I remember I got was you don't get into sports for a job. You get into sports for a career kind of thing. So I think that's a huge testament to that as well. So very, very cool. And then Ariel, uh, that's all the questions I have, but every, we try to kind of get to know our hosts a little bit more and make them, I guess, more approachable in a sense of like, if any, anybody wants to reach out to you, um, whether it be to talk about a rep position or just become a mentor to anybody, uh, we like to kind of get to know them a little bit more. So 
uh, we're going to ask a few few questions. My first question would be, um, what's your favorite vacation destination? Ooh, um, it can be that some places. Sorry to interrupt. It can be a place you've been or a place you want to go. Okay. Love that. Um, I played softball in Italy briefly, but I really didn't get to do a lot of sightseeing. So I would love to go back to that. But another big place that's on my bucket list is Greece. So I would love to get there at some point. Awesome. Those are mm -hmm. my two top ones as well. That Those two <laughs> in Japan are like, yes, I need to go. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, definitely. Very cool. And then I just have one more and then I'll pass to Ryan for a couple of them. Uh, what would be your ideal weekend? And again, this could be on vacation or it could just be hanging out with the family or whatever. Um, I think ideally it would be, um, at the beach. I don't get down there enough, you know, spending a day out there, um, taking my daughter, even though she doesn't like the sand, we just took her actually and she was not a fan. So maybe this is a little away from now after she gets acclimated to it. But uh, yeah, I think just spending a day down by the beach, getting some dinner, like making kind of a day out of that. And um, for a second day, it would just be like outside, I think is the biggest thing. We're trapped inside all week. So, you know, whatever I can do to keep getting outside, whether it's just something as simple as going to the park or um, hanging out by the pool, especially right now with how hot it's been, that's kind of a perfect weekend for me aka it's really like not having to do laundry and stuff like that so if it's just getting out and relaxing that is good enough for me <laughs> that's huge no cleaning no laundry no cooking those are good. <laughs> three things you can't beat <laughs> <laughs> love it all right ryan i will uh pass to you uh, if you got a few questions for her. Yeah, I do. I uh, appreciate that, Clayton. And yeah, I love that answer. Santa Monica Pier, that was probably my favorite beach spot Ooh, when, uh, yeah. when I was out there in Ontario. And I always thought it was funny working for a hockey team in Ontario and in Southern California, because most of the time you think of hockey in these cold weather places and you leave the rink and it's freezing cold, but you actually go into the rink to like cool down a little bit when you're in <laughs> Southern California. Like this is your AC like spot. Yes. So it kind of feels good. It's a, it, it threw me off a little bit when I was first getting there, but uh, it's definitely something that I, I miss a little bit. Uh, about being in Ontario. <laughs> but uh, my question for you here, uh, Ariel, uh, is um, what would you say is your favorite food uh, that you had uh, when you were growing up or even still to this day? Mm, good question. I think uh, you can't go wrong with like a chicken Alfredo, like a little bit of protein, but some pasta, like that was probably my go-to growing up. I think I've um, grown up a little bit from that and it's a little bit less pasta more chicken throwing a vegetable in there like ideally that's just an easy good I'm always going to be satisfied with a dinner like that so yeah love that answer pretty, pretty simple, typical yeah. pregame meal for us uh for for Colgate women's <laughs> hockey right now so but you can get involved a little bit if you yeah. want to as well Ooh, athlete. I might have to yeah <laughs> come on down for some games but uh last question for you you hit on a couple of times your experience playing softball so shout out one former teammate that you think was the funniest teammate that you had uh when you're in you know in your playing days uh playing oh softball. my gosh good question I am going to have to shout out um, my teammate. Her name was Gabby Vanderhoek. She uh, literally was just so like, I don't know, sarcastic, funny, like wasn't a jokester, but just would have like the best one-liners. 
And half the time she was probably serious, but they would just be ones where you're just like, what? Like, how did you come up with that? Or how did you think of that? And it was more just like your thoughts out loud. So shout out to Gabby because yeah, literally would keep it so light, especially when we're at weights at 6 a.m. So love that. Love that yes. answer. Great uh, I, I'm on board with the uh, the sarcastic humor myself. So I would have loved that. You, I call them like silent assassins. Like they just come in. You, no one's looking around and all of a sudden they throw out a joke and everyone's cracking up. So I yes. uh, love that answer. Uh, always, always fun to reflect back on that. So, uh, all right, Clayton, I'll pass it off to you to kind of wrap us up here. Cool. Yeah. Uh, before we go, Ariel, um, any closing statement, advice or um, things like that for anybody anybody out there? Um, I think the biggest thing that I would say is just take a chance. Like it doesn't, it doesn't hurt to just go for something, especially when you're so young in your career or even just starting out, why not take a chance and um, move across the country for something or try to get a job with your dream team, or I don't know, do something a little bit out of your comfort zone. I feel like um, you learn the most when you're doing something that maybe you're not well-versed in, you know, if it's something that's going to push you a little bit, um, you know, doing sales is definitely pushed me to just be more confident, even if it was me trying to fake it till I make it, it's gone a long way. So I would just say, take that chance. And um, if you fail, you fail. Like that's where you learn. I mean, I grew up playing softball where you fail seven out of 10 times. And so that's definitely something just instilled in me, but it still gets me every time I do fail, but as long as you can learn from it. Seven out of 10 times, that's still a really great season too, batting 300. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, absolutely. I think RK, Ryan and I can both attest to that as well as people that have moved across the country for jobs and things like that. Is yeah. If it doesn't work out, you can always go back home kind of thing. If mm -hmm. you try something and you if you apply for your dream team and don't get the job, that's fine. Apply, find some rele relevant experience, get your skills up and stuff, and then you can do it again in a couple of years. That's beauty beautiful thing about failing. It's just learning. So yep. um, very good advice. And then Ariel, uh, want to kind of shine a spotlight on some things you have going on. So I guess tell everybody like what's going on with you and the rain and um, what's, what's on the docket. What's up next? Yeah, for sure. Uh, we're less than two months away from our season starting. So everything's definitely picking up here in the office. Um, and with that being said, we're trying to just finish finalizing our sales team for this year. So we have a couple spots left, both in inside sales. So great for kickstarting your career, um, you know, getting your foot in the door and getting some experience under your belt. Um, but then we're also still looking for account executives um, in both our ticket sales and service department, as well as our group sales department. So um, that's the biggest thing on our plate right now is just kind of finalizing our team. And um, after that, just prepping, because it's crazy to think that, it's almost the end of the summer and October will be here before we know it. And we're back in there hustling. <laughs> Crazy to think summer's almost over, but crazy. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Ryan, thanks for joining uh, as co-host Ariel. Thank you again for uh, taking the time to meet with us and tell us a little bit about yourself and give some great advice for any there. Um, looking to get into sports or kind of finding direction and things like that. Uh, if anybody wants to, uh, what's the best place to reach out to you at? Yeah, for sure. Connect with me on LinkedIn. I am pretty active on there. So I, um, 
would love to connect with anybody there. Or, I mean, you can email me. I think my all my information's on our team website. So go to ontariorain.com. You can find all my personal information there or connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, but yeah, I'd love to chat with anybody and everybody. Awesome. Again, Ariel Padilla, Senior Manager of Ticket Sales and Service with the Ontario Rain. Uh, thank you again for joining us and have a go on everybody. We'll see you next time. Thank you.